If you would turn in your Bibles with me to 2 Samuel chapter 24. Samuel chapter 24. Bless you, Lord. Second Samuel chapter 24. Beginning in verse 13. But let me pray over the word that this morning. First. Oh, bless you, Lord. Father, we come before you and we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are alive and well, Lord. That you are not discouraged, you're not dissuaded, Father, you're not overwhelmed, Lord. Even when things are in our lives are rattling, Lord, you are not rattling, Father. Just like in the boat, you lay down and you're having a nice nap, you are at perfect peace in the will of the Father. So, Lord, we agree this morning that we want to rest in the will of the Father. For ourselves and our lives, we ask you, Father, to give us ears to hear from your word and hearts to receive, Lord. I pray, Father, Holy Spirit, that you would speak through me today and that you would preach every sermon that every individual person needs to hear this morning. As you are able, Holy Spirit, that you would highlight, that you would uh, bring remembrances, that you would bring ideas and stories to their mind, Lord, as your word goes forth, Father. Reveal Jesus this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I want to talk to you this morning about the power of the cross, which is unique at Christmas, but I think it's important as we go into the Christmas season to remember. It's why we don't have a baby in our manger, because Jesus isn't in the manger anymore. It's where he came where he left the earth, but now he is ascended and seated on the throne next to the Father. And that's Amen. what we keep in mind. Amen. And so the power of the cross is an important aspect that we need to remember uh, and just meditate on and allow, allow the Lord to speak to us today. So just to set a little bit of definition before I get into 2 Samuel, I, I believe that the cross is the willingness to see and love others even when it hurts us. Yeah. The cross is the willingness to see and love others even when it hurts us. Yeah. Okay, we're in 2 Samuel chapter 24. And what David has done here, this is the very end of, her, of his life here. And just a couple more chapters, we're already into, uh, this is the last chapter, then we're into 1 Kings, and we begin to see everything turned over to Solomon, and Solomon begins to build the temple. So this is the, the end of David's life. And at this point, David does this census where he counts the people, and it, it, there, it comes out of a, an area of his own heart and the, where the people are at that this sin takes place. And I don't want to go into that today because that's not important uh, to what I'm trying to convey. But beginning in verse 13, you see uh, the Lord has judged David and judged Israel because of what has gone on. And uh, the prophet Gad comes to David and says in verse 13, uh, So these are your three choices, David. Are you going to take three years of famine to come to you and your land? Will you flee three months before your foes while they pursue you? Or where, will there be three days of 
pestilence in your land or a uh, uh, sickness that comes through. Now consider and decide what answer I shall return to God who has sent me. Then David said to Gad, I am in great distress. Let us fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is great. But let me not fall into the hands of man. So the Lord allowed a, pe a pestilence, or sent a pestilence on Israel from the morning until the appointed, appointed time. And there died of the people from Dan to Bathsheba, 70,000 men. It's a little less than 10% of the counted population. And when the angel stretched out his hand toward Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord relented from the calamity and said to the angel, who was, work, or said to the angel who was working to uh, destruction among the people, it is enough, now stay your hand. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing floor of Aruna the Jezu, Jebusite. Then David spoke to the Lord when he saw the angel who was striking the people and said, and this is the important thing, Behold, I have sinned, and I have done wickedly. But these sheep, what have they done? Please let your hand be against me and against my father's house. Please let your Please let your hand be against me and against my father's house. These sheep, what have they done? And we see here the beautiful picture of the cross. Now this happened on Mount Moriah, and this wasn't the first event on Mount Moriah where something like this took place. If you jump back in time, you get back to Abraham. And Abraham on Mount Moriah went to sacrifice Isaac. Now the connection there in this is, Abraham had received a word from the Lord that through you and through this promised child, I will bless every nation. Every tongue and tribe will be blessed. And so Abraham saw the people, and when God asked him to, hey, I need you to bring Isaac to me and sacrifice Isaac, Abraham looked out and he saw in the future all the people and he said, okay, Lord, Somehow you're going to do this, and I see the people, I see the need, and I am willing to sacrifice what is most valuable to me for the sake of the people. Which we know is a great picture of Jesus, right? We know that God stayed again the hand of Abraham and brought about redemption. Moses in Exodus 32, 32, the Lord came down and said, Moses, these people are stiff-necked. I've reached my limit with them. He hadn't really. I think all these things are tests of the individuals and not the actual test or, or recognition of who God is in his heart. Okay? So God comes out and says, hey, God, Moses, I, I'm done. I'm going to destroy. Step aside so that I can destroy Israel and we'll start over with you again. And Moses begins to cry out to God and he says, please forgive the people. And if you can't forgive them, then please blot me out of your <coughs> That's a pretty big statement. I am willing. Basically, it's the same thing that Abraham said and the same thing that David said. I am willing to lay down my life, Lord, for the sake of the people. I see the people and I love them. Please forgive them. Please have mercy on them, Lord. 
let the judgment rest on me. This is the power of the cross. Esther, in the book of Esther, the people are going to be destroyed, and it comes to the point of, Esther, are you going to hide where you are? Are you going to boldly break protocol, possibly surrender your life in the process to go before the king when you are uninvited? And Esther makes the decision that the people are more important than me. I love them more than I love myself, and I'm willing to possibly lay down my life for their salvation. And so Esther does this, and you know what happens? They're saved. Jesus goes in the same way as the ultimate example, goes and lays down his life for the sake of us. He says, Father, let your judgment be upon me on the cross so that they don't have to face it. I am willing to take this, Lord. And then in the process, as he's hanging on the cross, remember what he says, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Basically, he says what David says here in 2 Samuel, Lord, what about the sheep? God doesn't need to be reminded of the value of the sheep. That is us coming to an understanding of man. God loves these people. Am I willing to recognize that love that he has and walk in the responsibility of that love? Or do I shuck it off and say, okay, God, yeah, wipe him out. Go ahead, God. Woo-hoo! The power of the cross is the invitation for us to come into the ability to love people well. You know, when you're a parent... When you're a brand new parent, you have that little baby. Man, that baby starts call, crying out at 2 o'clock in the morning. You don't think, hey, I didn't sign up for this. You know what? Lord, you know what's in that diaper? You know, or how many times do you need to eat? And then half of it gets thrown up all over me when they burp. You don't think things like that, or you may, if, you know, if you're a brand new parent. But eventually you just lay down your life for that child. Yes. And you do whatever is necessary. Ladies, we care regardless of time or day. We just, you know, have conversations with two-year-olds, ladies. You do. You have conversations with two-year-olds. You've got a college degree, and the basis of your conversation is yes and no. Yeah. Mama said no. Mama said no. Mama said later. You know, and you do that when you read those little books, you know, Amen. little tiny kitty books written at a baby level, and you've got a degree in physics. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And dads, you go out and you work your tail off because you make sure that there is food on the table, that their clothes are, and so when mom says, hey, they've already outgrown all of their shoes, you're like, okay, well, let's see, here's... Here's 75 bucks we need to buy a couple more pairs of shoes. Because did we just buy them two months ago? Yeah, but the feet are growing. Hopefully we'll have more kids. And they're like, well, I don't know if I want more kids. You know. In the midst of all of that, you understand? But you love this, so you're willing to lay down your life for the sake of that child. And you don't hold it over them. 
but sometimes you do. If you don't know what I did for you. But in general, you just do it because you are a servant. You care for that child. In the same way, when your parents get old, you care for them. You sacrifice for them. You go and you take care of them. You make sure they have what they need. You fight for them. You defend them. You go over and you listen to the same story over and over and over again. Because you love them. See, that's the power of the cross. And it's great and we apply it to our children, our family, we apply it. But the power of the cross extends it and makes it to where we do the same thing to strangers and even to enemies. You saw how the women's ministry, you heard the testimony this morning, how the women's ministry did this for this waitress. Yes. That isn't just a paint-it-forward, religious, thought-out idea of what we should do. This just comes from our heart because we have fostered the power of the cross. Amen. That we love others. And even though I wanted that Christmas gift, I give it away. I am willing to look to the good of others over the good of myself. That is the power of the cross. That's what David did. It's what Moses did. It's what Abraham did. It's what Esther did. Hopefully you'll never be dragged before a firing squad and said, either you give up your brothers and sisters in Christ or we kill you. Hopefully that will never happen. But if you can't do it now in the small things, when that big thing comes, you probably won't be able to, but by the grace of God. It's the small things now that we walk it out in. And I think in the eyes of Jesus, they're probably counted about the same. Serving in the nursery and caring for the young babies and loving on them, being in Spark and teaching the four-year-olds and answering those little questions over and over again. Working in Hope Rocks and keeping the shelves stacked. Vacuuming the floor here in the sanctuary when no one's around. Or even stuff that isn't associated with us, just out there, just serving people and loving people because you don't have to. It's the same thing of laying down your life. That is the power of the cross. Yeah. That is lives changed that affect and bring the love of God to a world that He loves. Carrying Him into your school. The cross is the willingness to see and love others even when it hurts us. It's adjusting our lives for the good of others. That is the cross. I think David talked about this a couple weeks ago. Was it last week when you preached or two weeks ago? A couple weeks. A couple weeks ago. Where he talked about just even in the basic things we do, when our heart attitude is in the right place. It is service to Jesus. It's the power of the cross. Jesus says in Luke 9.23, and this verse is a verse I didn't really like as a new believer. Luke 9.23. Anybody have it memorized? It's not one of those ones that we see on Instagram all the time. Luke 9.23. 
And I say to you, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Yeah. Let's get back to the, the Lord is able to meet all of my needs, or uh, Jeremiah 28, uh, 11. Uh, you know the plans I have for you to prosper you and bless you and all of that. But the power of the cross walked out in reality isn't this massive sacrifice. It is a sacrifice to love. It's loving. See, God is love. The cross was love. The entire Old Testament is the message of, I'm trying to love you, but you won't let me. To the New Testament of here is the ultimate example of love. Now walk this out. And all the epistles to the church love. Love one another. Care for one another. Defend one another. Watch over one another. All the one another's of the New Testament. Love. Jesus said, you shall know my disciples. You shall know them by their devotion to build big churches. You shall know them by their, the amount they gave. You shall know them by how faithful they were to worship practice. You shall know them by whatever. No, he says, you'll know them by their love. That's the only thing that distinguishes us from any other religion out there. Because religion is man's rules, man's box to define God. And Christianity is life and love. It's the power of the cross that enables you by a change start to love. Why can I love you? Because Jesus changed my heart, man. Jesus changed my heart. So when I can't love, what do I do? Do I go in there and oh, if I just squeeze harder, if I pray more, if I read my Bible more, if I quote this scripture more, I should be able to love. No, I go, Jesus, man, my heart's not right. Please change my heart. Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, oh Lord. Lord, change my heart. I am failing to love my spouse, love my wife the way you would. I'm failing to love my kids the way you would. I'm failing to love my neighbor the way you would. I'm failing to love that jerk that I do not like at all the way you would. Jesus changed my heart. I want the power of the cross in my life, in this situation. Not just in the, I've got fire insurance, so we're going to heaven. Power of the cross. I want it, I want it real. I want us to, to walk and people to go, wow, you know what? All the church, they look like Jesus. I think that's the way Jesus, I felt love. I think that's what changes nations. That's what changes cities. And it's not hyped up. It's got to be real. If it's not real, then we need to go through what's called repentance. Where we go before the Lord and we say, Lord, it's not real. I don't want to be fake. I don't want to be religious. I don't want to try this. I want this to be real. Change our hearts, Lord. What I have now is not cutting it, Jesus. Jesus commands us to deny ourselves and take up our cross. Such hard words when I was a young believer. I, I, I took it as, I've got to be more disciplined. That's the way I heard that. Anybody else? Wow. Yes. 
Okay, there's just a few of us. I'm glad the rest of you had it, had it correct. <laughs> I took it as I've got to be more disciplined, Matt. You've got to be more disciplined. And I realized it isn't about discipline at all. It's about love. Because love will bring discipline. When my heart changes, I walk things out. Out of authenticity, not just self-will. Now that doesn't mean, guys, you just throw everything off because then you storm the other way and you just do, you know, whatever, and you're like, God, you've got to change my heart. That's an unrepentant state. That's audacity, arrogance, hubris, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. If it's like, go, whatever, you know. But really repenting and saying, God, I don't like my heart like this. I need, please change my heart, Jesus. I seek you to change my heart because I don't want to walk in this anymore. I want to have your heart. I want to have your heart. I want to understand. Yes. That is the power of the cross. When you're self-disciplined, it isn't the cross's success. We like self-discipline, though, because we read books about it. You know, if you just were more self-disciplined and you did X, Y, and Z, then everything in the world would be better. <coughs> and there is some truth to that, but it isn't the breakthrough that the power of the cross is. The power of the cross is a changed heart where you understand God's love for you and you reflect that love to others. To the extent that even people who hate you, you are able to love. People who do evil towards you, you are able to love Jesus just as Jesus did. That is the extent of being able to receive the love of God and be able to give out the love of God. And we grow in it. That's the maturity. When he says mature in Christ, that is maturing to the ability to receive the love of God and the ability to give out the love of God. That's maturity. One thing also that I, uh, you know, we were in the mission field for 10 years and uh, church planning in Russia and we had developed within our, our thing kind of a strong, I grew up in the 80s, so we had a kind of a strong understanding of take up your cross and follow me. And at that time we believed and taught, and I'm sure I even preached it at that time, that take up your cross and follow me meant to die to yourself because a dead man has no feelings. You ever hear that line? 80, yeah. So it was back in the 80s. I mean, that was a teaching, and we taught it, and I'm sure I taught it as well, because it was my understanding at that time that a dead man had no feelings, and basically you become a robot for his kingdom. And God does not desire. That was a misunderstanding, a wrong, a wrong emphasis, even though the heart toward it was to do what was right and was wrong. And in that process of 10 years of being there, uh, we literally lost ourselves. Lost who we were, because we set aside everything that God had made us. Lost, lost everything about us and just became the cookie cutter of what the vision was. And so we weren't able to walk out what Jesus had for us because of the vision. So when the Lord spoke to me, which was crazy because... I was so in, hearing from the Lord that I needed to leave was like contrary. You know, it was like, this had to be God because I heard I need to leave. Okay? It was a several years of walking out to discover 
what actually is has God placed in me and what was stuff that I took on because I had to in that box. Yeah. See, the power of the cross liberates. Yes. It doesn't uh, re-bondage in a different way. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. The power of the cross liberates you to be who God has created you to be in a family. That doesn't mean I'm an individual and you all just need to get over it. That's not the way it works. It is in a family because men sharpen men. So the way you think you're supposed to be, you present it and lovingly the people go, hey, you know, let's tweak this right here and let's tweak this. And in that process, God molds you into this beautiful image of Christ on who he's called you to be. Yes. As we submit one to another in love, not in control, not in fear, in love. Amen. Taking up your cross and following, denying yourself and taking up the cross or your cross is saying, okay, Lord, I don't want anything to keep me from walking in the fullness of your love. So, Lord, I want to deny any of these areas that keep me from walking in the fullness of your love. And, Lord, I want to walk in it. And so let me give you three areas real fast. Your love of God. And these are based on love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, and thy mind. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Okay? So loving God is basically when the Lord says, okay, there's an idol here in your life that you need to realize that you love more than me. For whatever reason it is, sometimes it comes from our childhood, sometimes it comes from our own thinking, sometimes it comes from bad teaching, I, I, I don't know, but something that you are getting your peace and strength and love from that isn't actually giving you peace, strength, and love. Yeah. It could be something as simple of, well, I'm a member of X denomination, and I know that if you're a member of X denomination, you know God. Just, a, just an example. And God says, actually, that's an idol because I, the entire body of Christ are mine, not just X denomination. And so you've got to let go the pride or the hubris to think that because you are this, you are oomph. And he deals with these things and he causes us to set aside and deny these things but walk further into the fact that, man, God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. I can remember in my early 20s, uh, I wish I had different examples, but somebody else can get up here and preach different examples. <clears throat> my examples are the same because they're me. Uh, so, being molested at around eight, by the time I was 20, I didn't have a very high opinion of myself. Mm -hmm. So, I can remember being on the mission field and serving the Lord and seeking His love for me through what I did because I had sacrificed and gone to the mission field. Okay? I was in ministry. I was doing what was right, what was holy. And that was my identity. And I can remember the revelation that hit me that God did not reject me. God loved me. And that verse in Hebrews that's a quote out of, I 
think it's in Isaiah, but I, I, I'm sorry I didn't look it up this morning. It's Hebrews 13, 5. It says, uh, I said I would never leave you nor forsake you. Yes. And it's a quote from the Old Testament. That verse hit me and I realized Jesus is saying to me that he's never going to reject me. That I have the option of rejecting him, but he's never going to reject me while I'm here on the earth. Okay? And it just hit me, and like things broke off of me, and I was able to receive the Father's love. Okay? Does that make sense? Because I was able to receive the Father's love, then I'm able to give the Father's love at a higher rate. I took up the cross. And so for a year, I would take up the cross and deny myself every time the thought came in, he doesn't actually love you. You're not good enough. Your sin is too great. Anytime that thought would come in, I would deny myself and I would say, no, Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I rest in his love and I take up the cross and I crucify that old life on the cross and I receive and walk in the love of the Father. So it was a process of denying myself, but it was denying to come into a fuller understanding of his love toward me so that I can love others. The second one is loving your neighbor. So you love God, you love your neighbor through the power of the cross, and you love your neighbor by basically all of those verses when the Lord brings them to your mind where it says things like, uh, don't envy, don't be covetous, don't be jealous, forgive. You know, all of our inter-human uh, relations that we have, all of the fun stuff that we go through, humble yourself, don't think yourself more highly than others. Anytime you're dealing with another human being, and for some reason you aren't able to love them, the Lord can bring that pinpoint up and go, okay, this is the verse that I want you to use to crucify yourself, to deny yourself, and take up my cross of love and be able to love this individual. See, I don't know if you realize it or not, but if you are maturing in Christ, which I hope that most of you have been living a life where you are constantly maturing in Christ, you have been taking the power of the cross every day for the last umpteen years that you've been following Jesus. Yeah. Whenever these things have popped in your heart and the Holy Spirit has said, okay, see that right there? That is the decision where you decide, am I going to stay with myself or am I going to deny myself, take the power of the cross and walk into a level of freedom where I can receive God's love and show God's love in a healthy way to my neighbors. You know, like, don't spread rumors, don't talk bad about, you know, bad by, you know, all the don't cause division, all the things that, that all that inner, 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 uh, relational verses that are in the New Testament. The third thing, which I think is just as important, you love God, you love your neighbor as you love yourself. Jesus isn't out for you to hate yourself so that you can serve him. Jesus is for you to bring yourself as you are to him and let him cleanse you. Let him heal you. Let him mature you. Self-hatred is anti-Jesus. It's anti-cross. Yeah. Because it's saying that whatever I did is so bad that the cross does not have the power to forgive and heal it. Yeah. 
And it's a process the Lord brings you through. So, so don't, if you're hearing my voice today, don't get condemned. <coughs> don't let the devil condemn you for not walking in self-love. Okay? Areas of self-love that can be trips for us, things like self-pity, victimization, unforgiveness. It's the subtle things in our heart that cause us to be who we are and how we project ourselves to the world. No, 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 you, you take it because you're worthy and I'm not worthy. It's fine if you say you take it because I, I want to bless you, I want to love you, and I want to serve you. But if you're always saying, no, 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 you take it. You deserve the blessing. I do not. That is not Jesus. Yeah. Because that is you not receiving the love of the Father. There's an area where a big box of darkness where you're like, I, I don't want anybody to see this. I don't want anybody to know this. I can't even let Jesus or admit to Jesus that he can see it. I, I don't want to. And so I'm going to hide it. And in my process of hiding it, I'm going to keep things and everybody away because I don't want them to see. Like I told you before, I was 30 years old and I finally was able to tell people, yeah, I was molested. Now it's like, okay, I bought a car last week. You know, tiny. It doesn't, it means nothing because that box is empty. Where it used to have a lot of power, it's an empty box. It's full of the, of the presence of the Holy Spirit. The power of the cross liberates you to love. To be loved and to love. Lastly here, because I think I've, I've made the point that I'm supposed to make this morning. Lastly, I was uh, thinking through my sermon this morning. And I'm going to come. The Lord began to speak to me about the curtain in the temple. Now, I've always thought of the curtain in the temple. When Jesus died on the cross, the curtain was rent from top to bottom. The curtain to the Holy of Holies. Because we have been allowed access into the Holy of Holies. And this morning, the Lord was speaking to me and said, you know, uh, that's true. But actually, the rip in the curtain was to let me out. Because I had been placed in a man-made religious box. And I want to get out and be around people and love them and reach them. Not be behind, stuck in a corner where all you'll allow is one person to come and see me once a year. I want out of this place. And so I'm getting out of here. And Jesus lives in your heart. And you can be filled with the Holy Spirit every day. Ephesians 5.18 says, don't be drunk with wine. Don't substitute what the Holy Spirit can bring in your life by covering over with wine, but being you filled, and that word filled is topped off, not empty filled. It is like, I've got so much coffee in here, I'm going to go ahead and fill it the rest of the way up. Refilled to the top of the Holy Spirit. God says, man, I want fellowship with you. I want to love you. I want to love you, and I want to love through you. Will you let me? Will you receive my love? And just show my love around. Yeah. 
You know, when you experience love, you'll experience conviction. When you experience the love of Jesus, you'll experience conviction. I'm talking about the presence of Jesus. When you sit there and you feel his love, that's supernatural, not just the fluffy phileo uh, stuff that we can toss around. Hey, bro, I love you, man, you know? Not just that. I'm talking the agape love of God, of God saying, I see you, I know who you are, yet I still love you. When you experience that, man, the conviction, you're like Peter when Peter said, uh, please leave me, Lord, I'm a wicked man. Why did Peter say that? Because he felt the unconditional love of God hitting those spots that we try to hide. Yeah. So God is walking around in and through you guys. And as you love, and I'm not talking phileo love, I'm talking agape love, when you get that love of the heart of the Father, and you love people, you'll begin to see the presence of the Lord touch people's hearts, and they'll get convicted. Please don't confuse my message with a, everything is okay because God loves you. I mean, that's not what I preach. That is not what I preach. If you understand what I mean, of the world. You know, like, you can just live in whatever sin you want because God loves you. That is not the way it works. The love of Jesus brings and points and says, do you want to be free from that area? Will you allow me into that area to heal you yes. and set you free? All right, yeah. That's what the love of Jesus, that's the power of the cross. So if you made a curtain and you're keeping God in a box, I encourage you to Get that curtain out of the way and let Jesus love you the way he wants to, heal you, challenge you to walk in the truth of who he is, and then begin to love the people around you the way he loves them. Amen. Yeah. You know, we can't cancel people. There's no canceling. There's loving people and calling them into obedience to Jesus. Okay. Like David, I think I've said enough. <laughs> Let me pray over you this morning. If you have never accepted Jesus into your life, or if you need to rededicate your life, today is the day. And just say, Jesus, I don't know you, or I don't know you the way I should. Would you come into my heart, Lord, and take every area, Father? Would you come into my life, Lord? I give it to you. Jesus, I think the blood that you shed on the cross was sufficient for me. I receive that, Lord. I don't fight it, Lord. I receive it. And I thank you, Lord, for changing my life. Jesus, here I am. I want relationship. Make that decision today. Walk in that today. Let the Lord guide you. Father, I thank you for this beautiful body. Everyone who will uh, hear today and those that might hear the podcast later on. Lord. And Lord, I pray, Father, that they would know Jesus, they would know your love, they'd know the power of the cross, and they would see the positive beauty of denying everything that hinders your love and walking in the fullness of your love toward them and toward those around them, Father. Jesus, shine your bright light through us. Set people free, Lord. Bring about that change, Lord. Break off lies of the enemy. In Jesus' name I pray, the most powerful name on earth. Amen and amen. amen.